When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Hello, listeners, and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you're listening to episode 290 of Sustainable Minimalists, a twice-weekly show about intentional and eco-minimalist living. On today's show, we are exploring the ways in which our capitalist society has narrowed our definition of what we think of as self-care, as well as offering what we can do about it. Self-care is generally seen as the antidote to burnout, often women's collective burnout. And that's because self-care reclaims what women often lose, our time, our finite mental space, our freedom, thanks to all the labor associated with running households and raising families and having careers, etc., etc. There are crushing emotional, mental, and physical labor on all of us, and particularly on us ladies. The problem, though, is that in a capitalist society, self-care is naturally going to become a sellable product or a sellable service. And so on today's show, I'm offering up three action steps for us to reclaim our self-care. Action step number one for you and I, for anybody who needs self-care, which of course is all of us, is to expand upon your view of what self-care is. Our consumerist society has framed self-care in terms of spa days and relaxation and manicures and Botox and last-minute getaways to foreign destinations. But if we break down the word to its fundamentals, self-care, if we break it down, self-care is literally anything you do to take care of your physical, mental, intellectual, and emotional selves. I'm going to say that another way. Self-care is anything you do to nourish your mind, body, and spirit. Brushing your teeth is self-care. Going for a walk, that's self-care. Heck, going to therapy is self-care. Budgeting your money is self-care. Staying in sometimes is self-care. So there's the literal definition, self-care, caring for yourself. But then there's the constructed definition. And that constructed definition adds in what we're exposed to through our culture, through social media, through marketing professionals, etc., The constructed definition in which self-care is relaxation that you have to pay for, that is buffered by outside voices and therefore sometimes misconstrued. A spa day definitely is self-care, but you can't go to the spa every day. Maybe some of us can, but I cannot. I do not have the funds to go to the spa every day. 
so the spa days, the mani-pedis, the Botox, the hair colors, the last-minute getaway to Bali, it is all self-care for sure, 100%. But these services in reality present just a small snippet of all the self-care that we practice every single day. And if we only look at self-care as being bold and big and luxurious, then we're naturally going to feel a constant sense of inadequacy. We're going to be extra sad. (laughs) We're going to have extra fear of missing out. We're going to be extra broke even. So by expanding upon our definition of what self-care is, and by not pigeonholing ourselves into society's constructed definition, which by the way, benefits corporations, we'll get there. What we're really doing is we're freeing ourselves from that feeling of inadequacy that comes when we adopt the narrow, culture-fed definition. So the takeaway here for action step number one, you don't have to do anything yet except expand upon your definition of self-care. Self-care is not just mani-pedis. Self-care is anything and everything you do to nourish your mind, body, and your soul. Yes, brushing your teeth is indeed self-care because you're caring for yourself. So that's step one, expand your definition of self-care. Step number two is where things get a little dicey, and that is to understand the ways in which capitalism contorts our notions of self-care. So I mentioned it in step one, but we're going to get deep now. We're going to get real deep. Buckle up, everybody. I don't think anybody would argue with me when I say that where we live and the messages we hear impact the way we think. In this case, where we live and the messages we hear impact the way we think about self-care. It's just the way it is. In a capitalist society, we are sold the idea. See what I did there? We're sold the idea. I love plays on words. Puns are my favorite. So in a capitalist society, we are sold the idea that we quote unquote need this product or this service in order to unwind. If you don't believe me, I suggest you start paying real close attention to the advertisements you see. Marketing professionals are geniuses at recognizing where we're feeling inadequate and then inserting a product or a service to make us feel better about ourselves. A great example of this is the mom wine culture, right? Next time you see an ad for wine, like perhaps on social media, and by the way, I see a lot of wine ads because I like wine, but next time you see a mama needs wine ad, look at it through a more critical lens. Because the ad is likely going to be saying that mama just doesn't want wine to unwind. Mama needs wine to continue on and finish the day. We're told by marketing pros, by the influencers we follow on social media, by the representatives of mega corporations, we're told that the answer to every single problem is to spend money. And that includes the fact that we're told we need to spend money to take care of ourselves. But when we unconsciously accept our culture's narrow definition of self-care as a commodity that has to be purchased, what we're really doing is we're denying ourselves both the opportunity and the satisfaction that comes with meeting our own needs, that comes with taking care of ourselves. Remember the expanded version of self-care, caring for yourself. In a capitalist society, 
Corporations have everything to gain when we live our lives in a way that makes us think we need their product or service for self-care. And that's because marketing pros know that when we're unhappy, many of us will attempt to feel better by spending money. Let's take this one step further because I think you can handle it. If you're listening and you're on board with what I'm saying, and if you accept the idea that the notion of self-care as something that must always require a financial transaction, that that notion is not really true, but it's told to us, then let's stop for a moment and let's sit with the absurdity that lies in that. (laughs) Can we really not take care of ourselves without spending money? Are we that helpless? Are we, dare I say, that pathetic even, that we require the help of products and services that we must always pay for, by the way, to take care of our fundamental needs? That is absolutely absurd. And that is late capitalism personified, by the way. This absurdity is why the constructed definition, the narrow definition of self-care is fundamentally incorrect. Late capitalism, by the way, for anyone who hasn't heard that term before, it's a term that describes all the absurdities that capitalism creates. So needing to pay to take care of yourself, that's an absurd notion. Buying $300 jeans with fake mud on them, capitalism created that, and that's also absurd, late capitalism. Tiffany's, so the jewelry store at fancy malls, Tiffany's. The fact that Tiffany's is selling an eco-friendly silver straw for $375, capitalism created that also, and it's also ridiculous. And then it's also, by definition, a real-life example of late capitalism. So for any of you who are listening right now and are wondering to yourselves, wait a minute, what is Stephanie talking about? Is she bashing manicures and spas? The answer is no. Taking care of your nails, let's say, is taking care of yourself. And as we've already established, taking care of yourself is self-care. But what I am saying is that paying money for self-care is indeed a capitalist construct. While we can spend money on self-care, we don't have to. And to take this one step further even, when we spend money we don't have on what society tells us is self-care, we're actually doing the opposite of self-care because we're perhaps putting ourselves into debt. And when we buy too hard into the notion that mama needs wine, we might be doing ourselves a disservice. We might be doing self-harm even when we overdo it. For me right now in my season of life, Not drinking wine is how I practice self-care. Drinking is what wine companies want me to do. But for me right now, because I love wine and I often drink too much of it, drinking wine is self-harm. So we're going to stop for an ad break. But when we come back, I have the concrete tips (laughs) coming in. So action step numbers one and two were more theoretical. Now we're going to get practical in part two. We're going to talk about the four types of self-care and how we can implement a little of all of them moving forward. So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items, and yet somehow 
we still have nothing to wear. Well, upgrading to high quality and affordable pieces from Quince when you need them is a game changer. They offer organic cotton sweaters and washable silk tops. My 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters are my go-to. Not only are they affordable, but the quality is top-notch. They wear better than the cashmere sweaters that are double their price. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash sustainable podcast for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash sustainable podcast to get free shipping and 365 day returns. One more time, quince.com slash sustainable podcast. Hello, Sustainable Minimalist listeners. Are you committed to living a greener and simpler life? Well, meet Home Threads, your ally in more sustainable and minimalist home decor. As the total destination for decor and furniture, Home Threads helps you define your minimalist lifestyle while respecting the planet. Discover their exclusive Haven collection. They use many sustainable materials without compromising on style. And here's the best part. Home Threads always has the best value. It was time. After nine years of living in our home, it was time to replace our outdoor furniture. And my husband and I, we went to Home Threads. We have a Home Threads patio umbrella and a new bench. And oh my goodness, we are so in love. Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com slash sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com slash sustainable. Love where you live. And we are back. We are discussing that place where capitalism and self-care collide. In part one of today's show, just to recap, we expanded our view of self-care and we dug up the ways in which our society, our capitalist society, has narrowed the definition of self-care into something that always must require a financial transaction. So we're rejecting that narrow view today, and we are accepting the expanded version of self-care as ways in which we nourish our body, mind, and soul, and ways in which we take care of ourselves. So we're on to action step number three for today, which is the practical one, which is to know that self-care tends to fall into one of four categories. What are the four categories, Stephanie? Well, I'll tell you. Four categories of self-care tend to be physical activity, creativity, relaxation, and learning. Now, before we get into the four categories, let me just say, all four categories are important. No category is better than any other category. Every person naturally gravitates to one or maybe two of these categories, okay? So let's let's all get on the same page. I'm going to give you some examples. Learning. Learning as self-care could be listening to a podcast, reading a great book, watching a documentary. Learning as self-care is flexing your brain muscle in a way that makes sense for you. So that's learning. Physical activity. Physical activity could be going for a walk with your dog, moving your body somehow, gardening, going to a yoga class. For me, running is a big one. Physical activity, self-explanatory, right? Another category of self-care is creativity. Maybe you have a coloring book. Maybe you have an adult coloring book. That would be creative self-care. 
redecorating a room, maybe even cooking, going off the recipe and getting creative in the kitchen. That's self-care. And then finally, of course, relaxation, which is the one we all know, thanks to capitalism's narrow view. Relaxation could be the spa day, the nails. It could also be taking a nap. (laughs) Relaxation as self-care could be a bubble bath or relaxing on the couch or meditating. So again, all four categories are important. There's not one category that we should strive to put ourselves in. Instead, I suggest that you think about which one or which two categories do you naturally tend to gravitate to. For me personally, number one category for me is always physical activity. Self-care for me, running, I know I talk about running all the time and you're all probably thinking to yourself, Stephanie, we know you like to run, stop talking about it. I know I talk about it a lot and I'm really sorry, but I talk about it a lot because running lets off steam for me. It is self-care. But I also love a good relaxation. I love a good glass or two of wine. I love taking a midday catnap if my children let me. I love just sitting on the couch and watching Bravo TV. I do not tend to lean into creativity or learning, flexing my brain muscle. But that said, when I do check actions off from those categories, I do receive benefit. Just the other day, actually, I, <laughs> my husband and I, we had a day off and He said, why don't we go to a museum? And I thought to myself, oh, I don't want to do that. (laughs) That's not what I want to do on a very rare day off. But we went. We went to a museum. And even though it wasn't my first choice, even though it wasn't my go-to, even though I wanted to go for a run in Central Park, yes, we were in New York, by the way, I loved the museum. I got a lot of benefit out of it. And by the way, yes, we did go for that run later on in the day. So my point here is to say that I'm inviting you to lean into some of the other categories that you may not naturally fall into. So if you're not, let's say, a creative person, maybe next time you're feeling like, oh man, I need some self-care, you try something creative and see how it feels for you. Maybe you'll love it. Maybe you won't. I'm not the most creative person, I will say that. However, a few months back, I had an urge to do some (laughs) cross-stitch. I know that's a weird thing, but my mom did cross-stitch when I was a kid. She would sit on the couch, do her cross-stitch. So I bought a kit that I liked. I did it all in two days because I was enjoying it so much, and it was so relaxing. Same with knitting. I love knitting, but it's just not what I would normally gravitate to. So think about what you don't normally gravitate to and try it. Try it as self-care. See how it goes. I want to just say here too, with regard to action step number three, is that when you lean into ways to practice self-care without spending money, it's a great way for you in a capitalist society to take back some of your power. It's also, by the way, a great way for you to save some money. (laughs) All right, action step number four, and this is the final one, is to get deep with it. And so again, this is more of a sit by yourself and let your mind wander type of action step. It's not a do. It's not about doing anything. It's about, again, allowing your mind to get deep with it. What would it look like for you to create a life you don't need to unwind from, a life you don't need to escape from? What are the first steps for you to make that life a reality? Now, I've sat with this, and I'm not sure of the answer. 
I think the conclusion I came to is I think a lot of what I would need to curate that type of life is out of my control. In order to create a life I don't need to unwind from, I would need to live in a country in which women were paid the same as men. <laughs> I'd need more robust health care. I would need universal childcare. I would need a lot that I'm not currently getting. But these questions are ones that I've started to think about. What is in my control? What is in your control? What little steps can you make right now in the direction of creating that life? So just some thoughts for you. Now, my final word for you today is that self-care is great. It's necessary. We all need it. But let's not forget about communal care. Just two days ago on this podcast, I spoke with Sharon Schneider about shared wealth, shared prosperity. And by the way, if you missed that episode, go back and listen to it. Episode 289, really insightful conversation with Sharon. But let's not forget about the importance of communal care, caring for our neighbors, caring for others that we know and that we don't know personally. The messaging that we tend to receive in a capitalist society is self-centered, right? Me first, and then you later. But communal care, helping others who need support, being a better neighbor, shepherding others through crises, communal care is self-care. And certain types of self-care too, to be fair, the types that actually nourish our physical, mental, and emotional selves, those in turn are forms of communal care also. Because when I'm physically strong, let's say, I can help my elderly neighbor move his couch into his basement. And when I'm emotionally centered, I can be the best listening ear for a friend. And when I'm mentally with it, I can produce a podcast that hopefully helps you in your season of life. Now, I'm going to take this one gigantic step further because, again, you can handle it. Communal care is something that lies outside capitalism's reach. Sit with that for a minute. If I help my neighbor move his couch, there is no opportunity there for someone to make a buck off of him or off of me. If I'm a good friend, both my friend and me, we are outside of capitalism's little hands. So it's less about focusing on the self, on just me, me, me. It's about recognizing that just like our ecosystem, so our planetary ecosystem in which every little ant relies on every little chipmunk, which relies on every big shark, etc., etc., all the animals, all the plants, everything relies on each other. It's the same with us humans. We are all fundamentally connected. Let's remember and lean into that. So that's the final word for today. So I have some real interesting further reading, perhaps for those of you who view learning as your go-to method of self-care, but also for anybody. I have some great learning in the show notes about late capitalism, about self-care as a societal construction. Check it out, show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 290. I will see you on Tuesday where, yes, again, we will be talking about the vehicles, the EVs, the hybrids, the plug-in hybrids, etc. That'll be on Tuesday. Reach out if you need me. I love you all. Practice some communal care this weekend and take care.